And welcome back to another episode of Talking With Experts podcast with your host, Chris Cowden, the expert whisperer. In this week's episode, I bring on Rich White, the CEO of Fathom.video, to talk about how he partnered with the Zoom and ranks now as the number one app on Zoom Marketplace. Fathom Video has been well received by many users, including myself, and actually I share some feedback directly with Rich on the call, and by investors around the world like Zoom, Reddit, Sprout Social, Product Hunt, Latest, Twitch, and Y Combinator. This is a serious startup which you need to pay attention to, and Rich is really excited to share more about it with you today. So enjoy, and I'll speak to you at the end. Yeah, so so I know you've had quite a bit of funding, and uh, you've got some serious investors behind you, and um, YC Combinator, um, which I'm kind of ignorant to because I don't know that much about them, uh, but um, we. I'd, I'd like to know, I know you've had lots of funding, but what are you doing with that funding? How are you distributing that out? And are you continuing to chase funding? Um, yeah, I, mean, I think at this stage of the game, most of the funding goes back into, you know, the team, right? You know, uh, we have a pretty senior team, or a 12-person team, and our team basically, we only really have two disciplines in our company, right? It's like product and engineering, and then customer support, customer success. Uh, and I think we've invested very heavily in both those dimensions earlier than I think most startups do, uh, because we kind of look at like, this is a very technical product. Uh, and I'm a big fan of like, you know, best product wins the day the, more and more these days, right? It's not the eighties where the best marketing campaign wins the day. Um, and on the other side of the ball, I, I think, I think most companies tragically like under invest in like customer support and customer care and customer success, uh, especially at early phase. And especially when they're a free product, like we are right. Usually free products equal like terrible support. And so we wanted to kind of change that. We think that's a huge, like a huge strategic opportunity. So we've invested a lot in both those dimensions with the funding. Yeah. So is the focus then now just to, because I know you've got some applications on LinkedIn for jobs. Is is that something you're driving forward? You're, you're looking for more positions in those areas, engineering, product, and customer success, yep. partner success? Yep, especially, you know, obviously, in engineering, right? Like, it's, uh, like I said, very technical product, uh, which makes it kind of fun, right? Like, I have a technical background. I haven't been allowed to write code in years, but I've, and I, you know, I understand enough to, I think, be dangerous <laughs> probably to my team. Um <laughs> But yeah, there's a lot of technical depth to this product and to the product roadmap. And so, you know, finding good, you know, we're an all senior team, which I think is also kind of unique and kind of the benefit of, you know, being not your first startup, right? You can kind of go find folks you've worked with before that were amazing. Like, hey, we're putting a band together here and, you know, we start from scratch. And I think that was one of the, the, the most fun parts about this version of the video game I've been playing is like starting with like a, a great raid group, right? With like, you know all the best mages and, and, and paladins sort of thing from day one uh, has been really fun. So on that, um, what is the roadmap for you in terms of uh, building out that team? Uh, in, in terms of like product roadmap or, or organizational roadmap? Uh, organizational. I mean, I think, you know, it's startups tend to be step functions, right? And so I think we're, we're kind of getting the top of the current step, right? Where we've got a full person team. It's about, 50 50 at this point engineering versus you know uh, customer care um and so we'll continue to scale that up a little bit and there's probably an inflection point soon uh where we will look at bringing on some other disciplines um you know 
actually bringing someone to do marketing. So it's not just me and, 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 and some outside folks. So bring in some, you know, right now I am PM and product designer uh, with an assist from an external firm. So like we probably look to like generally try to cleave things off of my plate because as time goes on, my plate tends to get, you know, where things go to die yeah. or get stuck. Right. <laughs> so yeah. we want to stop that from happening. Yeah. When I, I'm looking from an, an outside perspective. I haven't even asked you what Fathom is, but let's go on to that next. Uh, I know that um, just looking, you're, very, you're a very hands-on CEO. So is that something you advise other startups to be, um, the, the founders, to, to be more hands-on with, with the growth? And I, I mean, I think in the first, you know, in the early days, you know, sub-10 people, sub-20 people, you kind of have to be, right? I mean, that's... Supposedly, your your superpowers like oh you're good at some one of these startup dimensions really well and you'd stay in that dimension. Um, mine happens to be product, so I'm staying very engaged on product. You know, if yours is sales, you should stay engaged in sales, right? So like, I think it's one of those things where like you know, I, you know, if you're a product CEO, bringing in a product person as your third hire is kind of a weird thing to do, right? Like you need to be the best person in that role at least for the first twenty hires, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. So um, for for those that are listening. Um, uh, can you can you explain a little bit more what Fathom is? Um, yeah, sure. Yeah, um, so Fathom is a free app for Zoom, and really, what we're trying to solve is, I think it's like I love having conversations on Zoom with people. I love talking to prospects. I love talking to customers. I love talking to people like yourself. Um, what I hate doing is trying to like while I'm having a conversation, like hurriedly type out some notes, right, or like write something down on a pen and paper. Because I'm kind of single threaded. Like when when my when I start typing on the keyboard, like my mouth stops moving, the conversation just kind of grinds to a halt. It's really awkward, um, and it's just like really stressful, right? And mm -hmm. what I found was my notes were never that good. Like I actually think I did a pretty good job, but like I would take notes during the call. I'd have like a five minute window after the call where I had to like rush and like clean up the notes for them to make sense, and then I'd go back two weeks later and be like, wait what exactly does this one mean? Right. And more, <laughs> more problematically, I try to like share with my team, like, Oh, I had these five conversations and here's what I learned out of them. And there's just like this huge kind of like telephone game gap here, right. Between experience you have having a conversation, you know, in first person, first hand versus getting these kind of like, here's six bullet points that I learned across two hours of conversations. And so Fathom is a free app for zoom. We real time record, transcribe and allow you like highlight portions of the call. Um, so the goal is like, I don't have to be sitting here taking notes. If I hear something, I just like click a button and fathom and like say, oh, that part of the conversation is interesting. I want to come back to it later. Um, we can automatically like, fill out your CRM for you from that information. We can, you know, take a clip. If you want to take a clip from a call and be like, oh, Chris did something really smart here. Let me grab this 30 second clip. And rather than giving you a bullet point in like a CRM or notes, I can check, here's the clip of Chris saying this really smart thing or this piece of product feedback. And so it really allows everyone on your teams to have kind of that first person like experience with what's happening, like with what customers are saying. And uh, I don't know, it's, it's, it's been a really fun product because it's like, again, as you can tell it's something that solves a problem for myself and, you know, t you know, turns out a decent number of other people as well. Yeah. There's, there's just so many benefits to it because I, I've used it myself and um, I, I found that on the call, I was a lot more engaged with the person that was on the other side because my head wasn't down taking notes and uh, I could then still 
just click to say this was a great point uh, make a little note about what it is if I wanted to and then end it or it would automatically end when I when I started talking which is uh, amazing uh, <laughs> and I've got a few feature requests can I okay. can I show you can I go over? Yeah, so um, as a podcaster I have other videos that were, were recorded on video but uh, not live yeah, can right. I upload videos to fathom and have it transcribe or is it just more like recording and transcribing? not yet but we're working on like how do we allow you to import because yeah most folks have recording now it's become kind of a kind of a you know there's a lot of people are doing it right even zoom has it built in people want to bring their kind of libraries with them so we're, we're working on that we don't have that yet unfortunately well, so well, that's great uh, then a live streaming feature um so like you can live stream via zoom is that yep something that's available for transcription as well um, via yeah. Fathom. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, like in terms of like, I want a live feed of the transcript while the, while the call is happening. That's also a thing where like we do that. We actually have that information. We just don't expose to anyone in real time because right now, you know, I, I think for your audience, it makes sense. Like I'm going to watch the transcript as the thing's happening. But for you, you probably don't want to watch a transcript while you're trying to talk to someone, right? Yeah. So uh, we have had some people ask for that. I think there's also some really interesting like one-way mirror type things where how can someone in, in a business setting, you know, kind of audit a call without actually joining the call, right? And yes. like, oh, like I'm a sales manager. I want to like, you know, jump in and see what's happening with this call because I just saw, I just got the Slack notification that like a competitor name got mentioned. I want to like audit this call without like disrupting the call by joining mm. it. So we're looking at some stuff like that. Then, because uh, I know that I've watched that um, demo video when you when you joined and how it integrates well with Slack and HubSpot and automatically syncs when you make a, a little bit of a change to the note, it goes straight into HubSpot. That's ingenious. And I've got to praise you because I'm going to be using Fathom for life. <laughs> Whatever yeah, I mean, payment plan you bring out. I mean, that was a big insight we had early on. It's like, we is that... You know, it's kind of like one of these jobs to be done, right? Like if I just give you a recording, you can take your notes. That's great. But like, where do those notes generally end up? They end up in your CRM where you're trying to like share something in the Slack. And so uh, like building those last mile bridges, we found those are like our killer features, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, especially folks in sales where they're like, oh, I've got after every call, I have to like log this in. And now they don't have to do that. Sean, I think it's filled in kind of it's, you know, gives people back a lot of time. There's, there's so much time wasted, I guess. Uh, and yeah. Uh, using Fathom now is going to save me a lot of time as a partner success manager. But um, then, like, I have to collect MPS surveys. Mm -hmm. uh, and rather doing that manually, it can just be through a Zoom call and then mm -hmm. it straight into that, set up that workflow for that. So that is, is that something you're doing work workflows with Fathom as well? Not not yet. Uh, we are working kind of like what's our what's our next version like our team version that has more of these types of things uh but what you're describing actually is very common in terms of people nowadays like you know in the same way my team doesn't really believe my notes right like your customers don't believe like testimonials anymore like these written kind of here's a pull quote right we all know how the pull quote game is played <laughs> uh and so it's also we're seeing a lot of people use it for like let's pull out kind of testimonials from live calls right like share that either internally or externally right if you actually go to our homepage all of our testimonials are people just like off the cuff talking about Fathom while on a Zoom call with one of our CSMs, right? So that's exactly uh, what I did for Kitcaster. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? So uh, 
yeah, so like they should take this, they should take that snippet out. They'll take it and like share with their team. You know, next thing you know, it'll be all over the internet, right? So, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of cool, right? Like really lowers the bar for all that kind of content creation. And that's what I liked about being able to clip a specific section of the call and then just share that specific video with. Oh, that's ingenious. Uh, where do you want to take the product and the design in the next uh, few years? What what's the roadmap and roadmap and um, what are you willing to share? Yeah, I mean, I think in broad strokes, like we, we, we're constantly trying to like, how can, you know, like we kind of work backwards, like what can tech do today and how <laughs> can we apply that to like make it like less stressful to, to run a meeting, right? How do we give you, like how do we make basically a Zoom meeting better than an in-person meeting? It's constantly how I'm thinking about it, right? <laughs> um, and so like taking away the note-taking thing is one part. Uh, we recently added some features where we'll like, warn you when the meeting's about to end we're about to like we're gonna do a new thing where it's like oh your meetings run over and not only is your meeting run over but like the next your next meeting has already started right like you need to jump onto that uh we have another nice feature where it's like warned you if you monologue right if i if you talk for like two minutes without anyone else talking like a little like warning so there's certain things about like what can tech do to just like make us make us feel more comfortable like we're on a ton of these calls right mm -hmm. how can i take more work off the human in the situation and let the human do what they do best which is have a human human conversation and just do that kind of detective work you're generally doing on calls right um so it's one dimension and then the other dimension is you know we have a lot of people unsurprisingly right like we tend to have someone at a company sign up and use it and then we see it spread to other people in their work and so thinking more about how can we be relevant you know, what are the features you need when you've got your entire team on the platform? How do yeah. I make it easy to manage? How do I make it easy to find interesting things from your colleagues, right? How do we become kind of this like interesting knowledge base in and of itself um, about like what your customers are saying? Mm. Yeah, on, and on that, um, is your focus to more go the enterprise route and um, onboard companies or are your users mainly the small to small business owners, small to medium sized businesses? I mean, I think everyone has a challenge with, with, you know, with this, this problem, right? Like, like trying to take notes while we're trying to have a conversation. So we kind of look at ourselves similar to like zoom itself, where it's used by a whole different, a whole bunch of different folks. Right. And that's kind of how we look at this as, as well. Right. Obviously there's some unique opportunities with like businesses and stuff, especially teams using it. But I think when you get down to the individual user, you know, we see people that are like, life coaches have the same challenges, salespeople have the same challenges, consultants have the same challenges. Like it's pretty consistent, right? And so yep. we want to stay, kind of, we want to become kind of one of those like ubiquitous tools that everyone uses. <laughs> and you've you've been able to do that because of this um, free use at the moment. Right. Uh, is, is the plan to do a lifetime deal or uh, have a monthly subscription? Uh, and when is that uh, coming? Yeah, I mean, I think we're looking at like how, like we're looking at a couple different options for monetization, but I, I think one of the core things is like, we're always going to be keeping a free product. Um, I think that's really important, right? I think, you know, the PLG motion, like they'll give people value first and get them up and running is like just so powerful and so disruptive. Um, no one else in our space is doing that, right? Like you look at whether you're looking at like the bigger enterprise tools like Gong or looking at the smaller tools like Otter, they all basically monetize you from day one. Mm. Uh, and so you have to make it, you have to make almost this like leap of faith being like, oh, you know, yes, maybe as a trial, but like, am I going to commit to this? Cause like, it is kind of like a, you know, a second brain sort of thing. Right. And like, you don't want to commit to this thing and then find out, oh crap, now I've got 
my stuff fragmented across multiple tools, right? And so I think that's kind of the advantage of, of committing like we are to like being having a free offering. Uh, do you think there's an issue with that um, and then having it free, but then bringing out a paid version, maybe turning people off or because you mentioned keeping it free forever? We, I think we, you know, my, my last company, User Voice, we started off completely free and then we did a number of different ways to like monetize people, right? Uh, monetize like, you know, premium versions and whatnot. So I think like I learned a lot from that about, and, I, and honestly, I learned a lot because we didn't always do that super well, right? It is a very delicate like balancing act. Um, but I did, I do feel like at this point, learned a lot about how to like balance those two things out so that you, you know, worst thing you can do is like you have a free thing, but like everyone, everyone's pretty savvy now, right? Everyone knows, everyone kind of like can tell when your free thing is like not really like it's, free. it's a trap, <laughs> right? Like it's like, oh, I like I can tell that like if I actually need to use this thing, it's, you know, I'm going to quickly bump into some limits or something like that. And that kind of like undermines, I think, the the value of sharing out to your friends, like check out the school free thing. Um, so we have some plans. I think there's a couple of dimensions we can go. We haven't yet figured it out though. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Uh, so from your experience with user voice, uh, what are kind of some of the big lessons that you learned that you've bought into Fathom? Oh, gosh. I mean, I don't think how many hours do we have left on <laughs> yeah, this podcast? I, know. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's I feel like it's so different doing it kind of the second time around. Um, I, I always I like to use a lot of like video game analogies and I feel like it's like playing an old video game and you kind of remember where like the good shield is in this castle and the good sword is in that, that, that dungeon sort of thing. Cause I think the challenge when you first are getting started, right? There's like two challenges. One is like, you have no network. So it's hard to go find good people to work with you because you, you have no reputation, right? So like, that's one that's really challenging. Not much you can do about that. Yeah. The second challenge is just kind of like, you don't know what you don't know, right? Like I go back 10, 15 years, starting user voice. I knew how to like write software, I didn't know anything about marketing it or selling it. I didn't even know what these terms meant. I didn't even know what the options were, right? Mm, and so I think yeah. the, the the really killer thing from V2 is like, ah, I've like done enough with marketing, done enough with sales, done enough with like a bunch of different go-to-market strategies to be like, oh, I understand now what the like, these are, these are actually multiple choice questions. It felt like, you know, they yeah. felt like basically essay answer questions before. Now they feel like multiple choice and the multiple choice is a, it's much more obvious now because I can be like, oh, well, we're doing this, this, and this. So therefore, this is probably the right like team composition, and this is probably the right go to market, and this is probably the right mm -hmm. market. Like, you just move a lot faster because you've you kind of know what levers to pull. Um, and so I think that's kind of the the, the big thing. Um, but yeah. I, also, the startup game has changed so much from a funding perspective, uh, from a go to market perspective, like dramatically in the last fifteen years. So there's some of that is like part of the value of joining a group like Y Combinator was. I know what some of the levers to pull are, but the tactics change almost like year to year, even like quarter to quarter in terms of what's going to work in terms of go to market. And, you know, you really, that's kind of the nice thing of aligning yourself with a group where you join some sort of incubator type thing where you now have a lot of peers that are in, the, you know, they're not competitive, but they're yep. in the arena at the same time. And you're kind of comparing notes because the one thing I would say is like when it comes to like go to market or marketing, by the time it's in a book, it no longer works. Right? Yeah. Like by the time everyone knows this marketing is this weird kind of zero sum game, like go to market is so by the time everyone knows to do the thing, it just it no longer works. Right. So you have to go like, what's the new thing that no, like only 1% of people are doing right now. And that's where you get that through peer to peer.
And how do you how do you collect that information or do that user feedback if you're bootstrapped? Um, uh, I mean, you mean like how do I get feedback from peers or how do I get feedback yeah. from from customers? Yeah. Uh, so from from your instance, you scratched your own itch and built your product, turned it into reality. You had the yeah. experience and you knew what options to take uh, in terms of finding. Uh, investors and yep. building a team because of your track record but for somebody who was starting out but had that technical expertise oh, 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 oh. i see what you're saying yeah yeah it, well it, you know we actually did do a lot of user research and like yes there was like the seed of a thing where it's like this is i have this problem i want to solve it but we did a lot of user research fear like do other people have this problem does their problem look similar to mine how is it different uh we you know and did some of like you know just reach out to my network um, did a lot of basically actually paying people to talk to me. So use a platform called user interviews, which is a fantastic platform where you can go on and say, I want to talk to 50 people with this background or, you know, in, in this locale and here I'm going to pay them you know, X dollars for a 20 minute conversation. And like, you can get, you can get smart really fast on, on kind of a market like that. And I think that's a, you know, you mentioned bootstrap and you know, that's not free, but there are probably cheaper ways to do that. Right. Like mm -hmm. you can, go to you know you can find the right communities online and say like hey i'm trying to talk to people with this problem because i'm trying to build a solution people love to talk about their problems right like <laughs> i was paying people to do it but i'm pretty sure if you ask nicely people would love to talk to you for 15 minutes about a problem they're having in just the off chance you might solve that problem for them one day right like i've done yeah. this a lot myself where i'm like i have tons of problems i wish someone will just build some software to fix i would be happy to talk to you for 15 minutes about my specific like incarnation of that problem if i think we <laughs> might solve it in the future so i just yeah. think this you know there's a lot of clever ways to do it but yeah we did literally hundreds of, of user research calls before we wrote any code really and then before you actually launched because it was only recently uh, yep. maybe like last year or eight months fall. ago yep. yeah um did you have a bunch of users that you 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 know, like sign the NDA contract uh, and they worked on the product and they gave you feedback before actually going on to marketplace. Yeah, we did. I mean, we, we had a very like close, we had a closed beta for a long time. Right. So like, you know, we were kind of in this, we were really in kind of like a closed beta for like six to seven months before we ever launched, maybe eight months. Um, and it was one of the things where like we would invite people in, we would ask them, like, kind of like, don't tell anyone about this, right? I don't think we had them sign NDAs, but we'd ever, like, do us a favor. And, like, it was generally a network folks or friends of friends sort of thing. Um, and we put a couple hundred people through that. And I think it was, you know, we knew we were ready when we saw, like, oh, we're adding more people and they stick around. <laughs> right? like, you know, they don't run this and find this bug and, like, give up after week one or week two sort of thing. And so, um, so yeah, so we did, like, a lot of user research up front. And then it actually took us a long time to get to a version where it like actually was sticky enough that users kept coming back to it, right? And mainly because it's like, again, it's a very technical product. So, you know, if, if this thing, if you hire Fathom to like be your second brain and it fails you once, you might not do it. Like, you know, like your, your tolerance for this thing screwing up is actually really low. Uh, yeah. So it took us a long time to kind of like really get something that is... Uh, is very solid. And I think there's other, a lot of other people in the space, you know, I, I talked to like, what do you think of this competitor, that competitor? It's like, oh, it's super buggy. And so it's like, okay, if your competitors are buggy, that also means everyone's now afraid you're going to be buggy. So now the bar is even higher than it was before. Yeah. So, so yeah, so we did user research and then for probably eight months of like 
private beta testing, probably like a couple hundred people. Uh, but in the end, it was really like 60 people that kind of stuck with us. And then that's when we realized like, ah, okay, this cohort is actually, the retention is pretty good. Like we're in a good place to launch. And how many users would you say you have right about uh, now? It's, it's oh, I mean, probably probably on a public podcast, I shouldn't be. Shouldn't oh, be yeah, okay, no, that's those fine, things. yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but many, many thousands of users at this point. Uh, yes, and uh, Zoom has definitely been your best friend uh, with, the, with the partner. Yeah. And how, how did that conversation go? Was it another cold email? Or <laughs> uh, it actually, I mean, we, we got into the Zoom apps program with a cold email uh, to, to, to the, the program lead after spending a lot of time trying to get an intro. I was like, I'm just going to email this guy and see it and hope for the best. And uh, thankfully his name, his name's Ross. Ross has been amazing for us at zoom. Um, and they've just been, you know, we, I think that was the second thing that broke really well, like really good for us, right? Like first solving a problem that like, you know, you have, but we still have this big go to market problem and we're trying to figure it out. We had some ideas, but then this Zoom app marketplace came along. We're like, oh my gosh, what a like unique opportunity. You don't generally get to get it on the ground floor of like marketplaces for, you know, companies with hundreds of millions of users, right? And so uh, we made a very intentional decision. Like we are going to, you know, be like a remora on that shark, right? Like we are going to like attach ourselves to it so that they don't even know where they end and we begin sort of thing. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's, you know, and obviously we raised money from the Zoom apps fund. And so it's one of these things where it's like, we built a lot of relationships with them. We intentionally got a bunch of investors that had good connections with Zoom. And so like, we made that like a core kind of like strategy pillar. Like let's get really tight with Zoom from a product perspective, from a corporate dev perspective, from a, you know, uh, partnerships perspective, like all sorts of things. And it's, it's gone very, very well. Is that an exclusive partnership or are you looking for mm -hmm. other opportunities to be on marketplaces? No, we're, we're exclusive to Zoom. I mean, I think we did our, our research early on and found that like for the groups of people we're generally targeting, Zoom had like 80 plus percent of the market. Yeah. And that was also like a huge simplifying assumption, right? Like I think one of the things with startups is you're always trying to figure out like, what's the like 10% solution I can make, which is like 80% of the value, right? And so yeah. we saw a bunch of other people in space try to integrate with every one of these different tools. And we're like, oh, you know, five, 10 years ago, you'd have to because no one had kind of like a dominant market position. But now it's like, oh my gosh, we can just build into Zoom and that gets 80% of the market. Great. We're not building anything. <laughs> like we've got a bunch of other stuff we can go build. We don't need to go build a bigger market, right? So, so when you appeared on Product Hunt um, and G2, was it? Um, mm -hmm. What kind of feedback did you get from them and what changes did you make at, at that point? Yeah, Product Hunt uh, is, is like a really interesting side quest in this like startup video game, right? Like I actually don't think I realized how impactful that platform was until we went onto it. And it's interesting. It's, it's like this own mini, it's like its own mini game, right? Like, You've got to launch, you got to figure out when you want to launch, you need to figure out how to like marshal people to upvote you. You've got to like, you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting. It's like, it's like this, it really is like this mini game between like loading screens on the big game. Right. Um, uh, but like it, you know, I think we learned kind of indirectly because it generated a ton of signups for us. Right. Yep. We were product of the day. I think we were number two for our week. We were pretty salty about that. We were number two for the week. We were like number three for the month or something, but we also were like top three for the year in the AI category, which is pretty cool. So like it's driven a lot of signups. It's also driven a lot of signups from like really good early adopter users, 
right? Like kind of folks like yourself that are like product yep. people themselves. And we were talking about this before the call, how nice it is to like in the early phase, you get all these other early adopters and they have really good ideas. Yeah. Um, again, going back to why we invest in customer care because we really want all that feedback. And so, you know, I wouldn't say the product hunt launch necessarily directly taught us anything, but we got a bunch of users that have become huge advocates for us and have given us a lot of like really like amazing insights of like, oh my gosh, we didn't even think about that feature. We should go do that. Yeah, it's it's great to be just around more just SaaS buyers, people that uh, are enthusiastic yep. about tech and want to be your brand ambassador. And that's why I, I like working at AppSumo, another marketplace. But uh, si since you are exclusive on Zoom, we're not going to have that conversation. <laughs> but but uh, would you would 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 you ever consider listing on AppSumo as a free option just to sure. get more users? Yeah, that I mean, I, I, you know, do we want to go build out a bunch of like integration on our video platforms? No, like not yeah. necessarily. Yeah. Right? Like I have a lot of really good engineers, but we have a huge backlog of really cool stuff we want to build. Um, but we've also done a lot with, I think, just partnerships in general. Probably mm -hmm. one of our strategic pillars is Zoom. The other one is just partnerships in general. I think, you know, we've yep. got a good partnership with, with, Close CRM. We've got a good partnership with HubSpot. Like we've got a bunch of things where it's like, hey, we, you know, someone's got an audience or distribution and we've got a product that's going to, you know, it's kind of a win win for both. So absolutely would love to have that conversation. Awesome. That's great. Well, uh, let me see if there's anything else in my plethora uh, of notes that those... this is very thorough um, research here. Yeah. Um, so next, yeah. Oh, in terms of data, because, um, you know, you, we are recording and clicking insights feedback. How long do you keep this data for and, and where is it stored and uh, where does it go? Yeah, I mean, we, we kind of, we're actually multi-cloud, so we're kind of like partially on AWS and partly partially on GCP. Um, one of the things also you need to fathom is like, if you record any of your recordings of Fathom, stay on Fathom indefinitely. Like, I think there's a lot of other platforms where it's like, oh, they, they delete them after 30 days or something, but we, we're going to keep your recordings, right? Like we've seen a lot of people that want to go back to something six months ago, right? But every six months I check in with this customer. Well, gosh, I don't remember at all what our conversation was six months ago. When we go watch the last 10 minutes of that call. Oh, right. Now I almost pick up right where I left off. So, um, yeah. So like data security, like data retention, like all that stuff. So one hand, we do a lot of that because we know like it's kind of the contract with users and we do a ton around security and privacy because that's the other thing we've seen, right? We did, we did our SOC too, which is kind of like, the gold standard of like security auditing. We did that before we even launched uh, because we knew this was going to be an important, uh, like an important thing for, uh, for users. Right. Yeah. Awesome. That's, that's uh, answered my question there. And thank you for, thank yeah. you for sharing so much uh, today. What I wanted to go back to quickly, if we've got time is um, from, because my audience is mainly startups and other SaaS mm -hmm. buyers, uh, what advice would you have for them in terms of uh, your journey? Um, any any takeaways that would help them make progression? Yeah, I mean, I think the two things I generally go back to are, I call it be a joiner. Like, I feel like the best things I've done are when I joined someone else's thing, like I kind of like checked my ego and like joined some other thing that was like, you know, philosophically assigned with what I like aligned with what I wanted to do. Um, or I like went on my way to like fold someone else into something I was working on. Right. So I had some open source projects where it's like, I went and found everyone that was doing something similar and said like, 
why are we competing? Let's like work on this together. We're trying to solve the same problem. Right. And then I had some other situations where like, you know, if someone's working on something that I wanted to work on, reach out to them and be like, Hey, like I was thinking about building this myself. Do you have room on your, you know, room on your team sort of thing. And that kind of leads to the second thing, which is like a lot of the best things in my career have come from cold emails. I mentioned the thing with zoom, but I really got my, my startup, my, my, my start in startups by like cold emailing, uh, Justin Connor cheer who went on to kind of do Twitch to like join their startup before Twitch. And just like, it was just a random cold email. Like, I want to work on what you're working on. I think I can be addition to your team. And so I'm constantly surprised by how few people do, do cold emails, right? Like, and good cold emails, right? There's a bunch of like yeah. lazy cold emails, right? But like the ones like kind of like your notes, right? It was like, you could tell this person actually did some research and they're reaching out to you, not you and 60 other people. Right. Yeah. Um, so uh, those have been two things. Be a joiner and don't be afraid to like, you know, ping someone cold. Yeah, I like that. And we've got a connection because um, when AppSumo were doing their Black Friday fund um, in, last year, um, I could tell that they were, there was a bit of a backlog and I just offered my help for free um, just because yep. I wanted to get into tech. I, yep. I was a bit of ex-chef wanted to get into tech didn't know how to but i just saw an opportunity i asked them to be on my podcast and then one thing led to another they hired me so that was a cold email story <laughs> so i think that's where where we should end the call because cool. uh, your time is very precious and thank you so much for today's um chat on talk yeah. with Exus podcast how can people learn more about fathom uh, and yourself and um, how do they create a free account today yeah uh, i think you just put it in the crawl here but yeah go fathom.video slash pod uh we do have a wait list so if, if you go to that link you will skip the wait list you get fathom completely for free you can download install in less than a minute probably uh and if you like to reach out to me i'm on linkedin um uh feel free to message me on linkedin awesome brilliant cool. take yeah. care uh, thank you chris thank you